0: Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our Watch Club for the Book of Boba Fett. As long as the spice keeps running, everyone will be left alone. (laughs) Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 6, titled, From the Desert Comes a Stranger, directed by none other than Dave Filoni. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we'll be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we all run off to be trained by Luke frickin' Skywalker... Let me introduce you to the scum and villainy joining us today. First up, he's a junkyard Jawa who's jonesing for more Django. He's
1: Justin Lawrence. Yo, yo, Houdini, what's going on? Yo, Houdini, how you doing? (laughs) I like the idea that,
0: like on tattooing like that's just like becomes a new thing that like all the mod squad kids start saying like they hear one jawa say it and they're like oh that's a cool thing to say and then it becomes like uh yo what's up Utini? utini in the house but then there's like this whole problem where like the jawas start like being like that's actually a really sacred word like you can't just take that word for your own uh anyways uh also joining us from across the from the cantina across the street Sometimes he's saltier than a Sarlacc on the sands of Tatooine. He's Kevin, the Clatoonian hater, Hudson. Oh, he there hates we go. There
2: we go. I love it. You fixed it. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I'm not hating on much today because that episode went ahead and made my day. Dude,
0: it was, uh, I think it made a lot of people's days, I think. You know, I think at this point, it's we're we're not watching the book of Boba Fett, and maybe this wasn't even an episode of The Mandalorian. This was just no. an episode of Star Wars. You yep. know, yeah. yeah. Star
2: Wars, the TV show, <laughs> like, let's go.
1: <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Like the the takeaway from at least this episode was that it could really work if they decided that they wanted to do a Star Wars anthology series with stories. They could jump around the galaxy and just weave these stories together. And I, I think that. that's kind of familiar to like Clone Wars, like there were core characters that we sure, would yeah. follow, but we would move through the galaxy and see different perspectives all the time.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that. And, you know, Dave Filoni uh, directing this episode, of course, creator or, well, the, the one really responsible for what we got in Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, and now seeing him at the helm of live action Star Wars TV as well, I think... That is a very real possibility of where they could go with these uh, with these series once they start maybe moving away from the idea of like an Ahsoka series, you know, once we get past the Kenobi series and maybe start just melding it together. I, I love that.
1: I or love it's, that. A th- it's what to expect for those upcoming series. Ooh, Very okay. much, right? So
0: Now, before we get into the story, uh, we actually do have a write-in from friend of the show, Monroe Chambers. And Monroe oh. had a really interesting take on, on these last two episodes. Uh, I was talking to him offline, and he was kind of saying a little bit about how he actually didn't enjoy the previous episode as much. And then this one really turned him around on both of them. Uh, and he writes, what do you think of the idea that the last two episodes of this series— um, are a very clever way to emphasize the direction Star Wars is heading, kind of like you're saying, Justin. With this rapid shift in the direction for this series, focusing more on The Mandalorian, is this a way of Dave Filoni and John Favreau asking fans to sort of choose, much like Luke in this episode is asking Grogu to choose, between the old Star Wars uh, and you know what they thought they wanted, and the new Star Wars and what they seem to want more of? Uh, what do you guys think on on that idea? Thank you so much, Monroe, for for writing that in. I I I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, it does kind of feel like, even though that does sound a little manipulative for for the creators of the show to kind of do that to be like, yeah, like, hey, you know, you want Mando more than Boba Fett, so we're gonna give you better Mando. I don't I don't know. What do you
2: guys think? I I just I don't know if it's it's meant to put down. Any aspect of what they're trying to do here Or try to push it to the back burner And, and promote certain agendas or, or things like that I don't think Filoni sitting here going Haha, I'm going to use a name that you, everyone's familiar with And yeah. trick a whole bunch of people Who never watched my animated stuff Into getting <laughs> to know some of my other characters sure. And what yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think that this is all seeming like they're they're branching off and all of these shows are going to be connected and intertwine within each other extensively. And I think that's just so exciting that we're going to go off, have separate journeys, meet new characters from the perspective of we've got Boba, we've got Mando, we'll have Ahsoka, we'll have Obi-Wan. And at some point, the characters that they meet will meet characters we've met in other shows. And I just think that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's the Star Wars adventure sh- series You know, it's like that's the working title. It's really bad. It's like an anthology concept where you are just on the adventures of of the galaxy. There's no anchor. That being said, you know, it is strange, though, that they have committed to an Obi-Wan series and an Ahsoka series. As far as we know, as we went into Book of Boba Fett, is going to deal heavily with those characters. But now it it might not. It it might just be about that character setting up and being a bit of an anchor at the beginning, I, I don't right. know. And that's, just... and, but
0: see, this is what this is where I kind of understand where, where Minoru is coming from with this in the sense of like, you know, the best two episodes of this series have been the ones without Boba Fett in a show called The Book of Boba Fett. And, I, and whether they wrote it that way on purpose or not, these two episodes, according to all the craziness that's going on on Twitter each morning that both of these episodes popped, it's just you, you see people sort of, in a way, this almost confirms that people are loving where this story is going rather than the small interactions we've seen with this character that they thought they wanted more of.
2: I, but I think that's unfair to Boba. I don't think that exactly. anything that's happened so far is because Boba isn't an interesting character or it's because they all haven't, these made, people are, yeah, they haven't sure. made him interesting enough. Okay. But, you know? do you think but I guess, do you think they're doing that on purpose? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Again, though, I, I, I would really hope would not. Burying their own. Yeah. Why would you bury such popular intellectual property that's been yeah. popular for 50 years almost 40 yeah. years
1: yeah i i totally agree with kevin i don't think that they're purposely doing it i mm-hmm. think what they are what they are doing is again we have a we have the final episode to get through so hopefully this all comes together but if it okay. doesn't come together and it suddenly is what the fuck is going on <laughs> um yeah. then i feel like filoni and favreau need to come forward and kind of talk about why they shifted in in the midst of the season what was the point of that I I, I personally would like to hear yeah. some clarity from the creative people behind it as to why and and that in itself will be enough of a justification for me at least it's yeah. clear you're right Nate they love fans are loving these last two episodes they're just firing off oh last week's episode was good this one's great you know yeah. like yeah. everyone's just losing it and it does seem like a an insult a very apparent insult to your own character of Boba Fett like this was supposed to be his series to tell his story so I just thought
2: it's I I just think the first four episodes were a bit of a misfire they tried to do something and I just don't know if it was the proper execution because everybody wanted to know how did Boba get out of the Sarlacc to appear where we saw him uh, towards the end of season two of Mando how did that happen uh you know specifically the 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 Sarlacc thing and that was about 30 seconds of screen time And then they spent Three and a half episodes Showing him become a pacifist Because of a relationship With Tuscans. And I don't know if anybody Was asking for that Or needed right. it And I don't think That was the right direction To go with this And I think Just quickly to your point Just in the beginning here I do think that this Goes to show that Rather than having Four or five separate shows This should just all be One mm. series That bounces between stories of various characters, and it just crosses over every once in a while while we still follow individual paths. And if they had done that, then it wouldn't be so weird to spend four episodes with Boba and then jump over and do a few with Mando and stuff. If they had set us up to expect this over the previous two seasons of the other show, and even the first four episodes of this, I think it would have come off a little bit more organically.
1: I I I just have to ask though, like this feels very apparent that this would have been a better four episode series. Sure. Like if we ended. Where he says we need muscle, it ends with the Mandalorian. And then, the, and then these theme. first two and episodes are it. Mandalorian
0: season it's, three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, 100%. Like, it's
1: it's very apparent that the the series itself ended at episode four. We got an yeah. explanation as to why Boba Fett had such new perspective based on his time with the Tuskens and to lead him to be this new crime lord. His story's not concluded. But an aspect of him has closed and now we're moving into the bigger picture. Picture that's involving the rest of the galaxies and the characters that we know and love, like the Mandalorian, like Ahsoka. It's just, you know, to Kevin's point, it's branching it off, bouncing around stories that do have a sort of woven connectivity to it.
0: I have no idea how they could. I really hope that this upcoming finale makes us eat those words, though. I really really hope that we I just I'm I'm praying for a for a future for a, a multiverse reality where we we discuss next week's episode next week and and just say, boy, were we wrong. They really found a way to make Boba Fett the, the ending of the, the finale for Boba Fett it was a great Boba Fett episode. We'll have to wait and see. Let's get into this story. Let's get into this week's episode. This penultimate episode opens as we see members of the Pike Syndicate loading some stolen spice onto their speeder next to some moisture evaporators on the outskirts of Mos Pelgo when they're interrupted by none other than Cobb Vanth, who gives them a warning. And tells them that if they just load up their wares, uh, you know that he uh, and promise not to ever run their spice through his town, uh, they won't have any problems. Of course, one of them makes the wrong decision and decides to take a shot, but without hesitation, Cobb gets three shots off before the pikes even get one. With one of them remaining, he offers a final warning and tells him to leave the chest and get get. Uh, And the the pike obliges, uh, takes back his credits, and rides off. Cobb Vanth then kicks the chest over and lets the spice fly free into the Tatooine sand. So, guys, what a fantastic, very classic Western homage we get in this opening. What did you think of seeing Timothy Oliphant uh, back again
2: as Cobb Vanth? Love it. Uh, Yeah, it was great. I mean, I liked him more in this episode than I did in his previous appearance for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, it just the bookends on this. Like, Falony is just hammering the idea of the Star Wars as a Western uh, more than it's ever been done, <laughs> yeah. right? And there's just certain scenes I think in every episode, yeah. and this is bookended by two of the most extreme Clint Eastwood-esque <laughs> homages, yeah. you know,
1: with characters that very much are Clint Eastwood inspired. But yeah, I think it's I think it's both. Filoni and Favreau because Favreau has a writing credit on this episode and Mm. I feel like that is where the strength of this sort of western swagger if you will like really does sort of showcase it's in Timothy Oliphant's portrayal of the marshal
0: yeah I love uh Timothy Oliphant is perfect as the the sheriff type good good cowboy we were saying offline Justin that you know he's the white hat cowboy where Cad Bane is the black hat cowboy um and this opening was just ugly bro it was so good though to see like it really just sort of emphasized what he's made of because I, I i didn't really get as much of a sense that he was powerful enough without the armor you know what i mean and just to see him fire off those three shots and i get it they're they're you know they're low level you know pike spice runners but at the same time like that was pre- that was a really dope moment and i i don't know i
2: really enjoyed well it. and it's clear it's clearly there to set show his speed versus you know a potential uh, future opponent's speed. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yep, yep,
1: yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It 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 kind of is that reminder though that he's a skilled gunslinger.
0: Totally. Well, then we cut back to uh, good old Dinjarin. Um, not Boba Fett, but Din Djarin, as he flies to what we have to assume is Yavin 4, where he's greeted by freaking R2-D2 is just there, uh, and he asks R2 to take him to Grogu, uh, and he follows him to a clearing uh, in the forest where we see a bunch of sort of ant-like droids building a structure that's confirmed to be a school. R2 shuts down, uh, and the ant droids build, I love this, they build him a little bench They build Mendo a little bench to sit on while he's, like, waiting. And then he's like, is "Is that that a bench? bench? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, is that that a bench? (laughs) (laughs) So some time passes, and we get to see Luke and Grogu meditating. Uh, Grogu gets distracted, obviously, by a little frog. Like, what else is new? And he easily uses the Force to attempt to have a snack. little snack. Yum, yum. uh, When Luke stops him and shows him that once he masters the Force... He can have all the freaking frogs he wants because he just sticks his hand out and like 20 frogs start floating out of the water around Grogu. You got to imagine like, Grogu's like, am I dreaming right now? This is amazing. Um, so, you know, before we continue, let's talk about this scene uh, and just how much time we actually get with Luke uh, in this scene and in this episode. I mean, obviously it's a marked improvement over the last time we saw this de-aged Luke. And we know that uh, Lucasfilm hired YouTuber Shamook. Uh, who did that incredible re-edit of the Mandalorian season two finale. So clearly, like this is his doing. What did you think of Luke this time around? Yeah, I mean, it,
2: it didn't even bug me that much the first time originally around, just because no? it's so okay. freaking cool. Like, get out of yeah. here. I'm not <laughs> I don't I don't have time to complain about awesome stuff, you know what I mean? If it's not perfect. But there was a, a noticeable improvement here and uh it did allow for them to get really creative and, and spend a bit more time with the character, which, I mean, if you're going to go to the effort of of showing us this Luke that we never got to see, then yeah. go all in and give us as much as, as we can, you know. I just hope that wasn't kind of the tail end of it, you know, yeah, for at I least this portion of the story.
0: For sure. I think it's like they're getting better and better and better and better at this, and I think Lucasfilm, they love – being that right like ever since the beginning of Star Wars they like to be the cutting edge of what can we do next in yeah, movies sure. and cinema yeah. and this this you know in a strange way um, I know for a lot of actors is kind of a little bit worrisome as well as exciting at the same time and I know for 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 writers it's extremely exciting because it allows us to continue on with People that maybe aren't there or don't look like that anymore. Um, I think Shamook did a, a, an excellent job here to the point where, yeah, I, just like you, Kevin, like I was. I mean, I was more comfortable with this Luke than I, I than I was with him previously. He wasn't. Sure. He wasn't as stiff, stiff. in in yeah. this go around. I yeah. will say it's pretty surreal to think though that in a scene with luke skywalker and grogu that grogu isn't the cgi one
2: (laughs) you know what i mean like
0: but but they still make it believable which is which is awesome like that's dope that they can pull that off
1: yeah no the the effect worked really really well and it worked a lot better there was just so much more movement in luke's body rather than having to stay at a mark so that they could mask his face in post so here we had him wielding a lightsaber we had You know, all these little moments that that felt uh, so fluid and it stays pretty on course. But that being said, there are some some intricate cuts that do take place throughout. You know, they don't want you to look for too long. You know, they don't want you to stare for too long to catch it. Hence Um, putting a little
0: cute little Grogu in the scene. You're constantly looking over at Grogu. Right. Right.
1: But then, you know, it really sinks in right when you're introduced to him meditating. He doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. right he's just sitting there right and like they can go a little bit longer with that but it's when he starts to move his mouth and if they hang for too long you know they it's just noticeable so they were crafty with angles and the way they they cut cut things a lot of the times where he was 100 100 percent. so it it worked it 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 worked for for what they were what they were trying to achieve so
2: yeah Yeah. i mean geez i i think they deserve a little bit more credit considering (laughs) every time we've ever really seen a character de aged uh, to former versions of themselves on screen, or even, you know, times when we've seen uh, actors who aren't alive anymore, and so they've had to com- almost completely recreate them. There mm-hmm. have been legitimate gripes about how they look. This was. I would give them a 95% here on how oh, effective wow. it was. That's
1: a high score, teacher. I, I, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. We just saw, you know, I don't know. I just,
2: I just think people, if you're complaining about it at all, you're going way too harsh on no, I, I, the I, coolest I, thing yeah. a Star Wars fan could ask for, essentially. And it was, but I it was the handled the best way. I heard it quite a bit. I'm not just calling you out. I'm just saying I don't understand how you guys are even focusing on special effects when it's Luke Skywalker teaching Grogu. I think. Listen, I completely get where you're coming. I just,
0: I think with anything Star Wars, as a Star Wars fan, you just you always want better for for your favorite things, right? So I think yeah. I think you want them to to keep working on it. And again, they will, and it will keep oh, but, getting better. And Lucasfilm will keep making this look even more to the point where we're gonna say, you know what? I can't believe we thought that was good. Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm so, no, and I yeah. I
1: think that that's that's exactly it. This from where we were at the end of the Mandalorian season two. Very stiff, mm-hmm. very locked off, very, you know, just swiveling kind of motions to this. That is a huge leap. It feels like we went five years or, or longer with the technology being evolved. It feels really, really good where it is aesthetically. They just need to nail some of that lip movement and yep. nail some of that that dialogue delivery. And I think it'll be flawless. But this yep. is the best. I think this is the best uh, de-aging in that we've uh, ever seen. a Hollywood studio budget style film yeah. movie series that we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, shout out to Shamook again. Look up Shamook on YouTube. He, he like um, I, I I would I'm almost said he they, I don't know who they are. They uh their their videos are awesome. They have some of the most incredible uh deep fake videos uh, that you would want to watch it work um okay so uh, <laughs> I also wanted to just quickly shout out one more subtle moment of character growth that I thought was really good yet again for for Mando just before we got to the Luke moment where uh you know we know based on his childhood that he has a d- distaste for droids but now he's come so far that when he, as soon as he sees R2 he says hello friend and I just, I, I mean, I. how could you not with R2? Obviously, R2 like the most friendly looking droid in the world. But at the same time, I just, I don't know. I thought that was a really nice little additive that they, they put in there. Um, okay, we'll keep going here. Luke, uh, sorry. We then see Luke walking with Grogu, and he does the cute little like force like lift thing <laughs> as he's like bringing him along. Uh, and he stops, and uh, and and then he's like, "Yo, do you want to see where you're from or whatever?" He puts his head on his cute little his hand on his cute little head and uh, and he starts to make him remember his past. So then we see a flashback to the Jedi Temple on the night of Order 66. Uh, we see three Jedi defending the younglings and I like how you can sort of hear the the younglings in the background like it really screaming. Lets you know. Yeah, well I mean it lets you know. I didn't like that. I really didn't but I like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, how they were able to really put you into the idea that okay, Grogu was there the entire time; he was with the Younglings, um, and as the troopers—sorry—and uh, the all three Jedi fall right in front of Grogu, uh, and the troopers move in, and uh, and then we flash back to Luke, sort of reminding Grogu that the galaxy is a dangerous place, and that he'll teach him to protect himself. So we know from episode five of season two of The Mandalorian that Grogu was the was at the Jedi Temple the, on that night. And now we've seen it from his perspective. What do you guys think of finally seeing this realized in, in live action and, and actually seeing it? Uh, and were you hoping to see something different?
1: Now I think it teases the fact that we will see more of that memory. Okay. And we will see who potentially took him. We'll, we'll get that reveal. I think that that is... Meaningful with whoever else they decide to introduce, uh with with characters, whether new or Mace old. Windu, hundred percent. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I, yeah. I'm totally on on board there, Just. I think that was just a little snippet of the the flashback we're going to get, and you know, for anybody complaining about the flashbacks from the first three or four episodes, now it's going to be like, oh, I love the flashbacks; they're so interesting. <laughs> so it really just goes to show, it's not you know, it's what story you're telling, not how you're telling it, and. Yeah, yeah, just any any instance of that where you're like, oh, that was a really fascinating flashback. It's just going to show how clunky and misguided, I think, now, in retrospect, those first four episodes really were. Hmm. I mean, I will say I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little
0: disappointed by the, the flashback just because we did already know that. I mean, I, I imagined that in my head the moment they, they that they talked about it in, in Mandalorian Season 2. And so they didn't really reveal anything. I think it, it just, you know to To do that and then just see Grogu get sad. you know, I, I guess it was a way of Luke trying to remind Grogu that yes, the world is dangerous. Yes, Remember where you came from, all that danger mm-hmm. you were around. Look at where you are now and how safe you are here. Uh, but it it just didn't really give us as an audience anything new because like, again, we knew that he he escaped the temple. And I just thought to your point, if we get more of that flashback, that's fine. But even just a little thread, even a little hint, even a hand reaching down with like a cloak on it, grabbing Grogu for all of us Star Wars sure. fans to go, whoa, oh, oh, what was that? I think would have
2: added maybe a little bit more to to that flashback. You, in yeah, this I, episode, I, yeah. I think there was enough of, of reveals. <laughs> no, and honestly, like there was enough <laughs> reveals that how many can you really pack in? Sure. And so if this is the start of showing us that journey, it was smart to just give us a little tidbit of it. Just sort of set the table for that sort of sequence of events that we're going to see unfold eventually but you can't load 30 reveals and, and pieces of information <laughs> and character arrivals and character yeah, debuts can. in <laughs> yeah, one yeah, episode can. yes
1: you can <laughs> well I, I, I do think that maybe being a little little greedy with the ask but I, I feel like it's, it's a fun flashback I also like the fact that we heard I believe Tamora Morrison's voice as the clone that was speaking in that right so i didn't even if i'm not that, mistaken yeah. you know at me it wouldn't it
2: 100 would, it but, 100% would it be yeah that would have yeah, yeah no, know yep. exactly
1: i i but it's it it makes sense obviously but I, I think that that's cool that they even added just that little layer to to the 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 flashback to connect it back to boba fett because that's pretty much the only dialogue we hear from that character of yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, and it is
0: interesting again like Ending the, the scene the way they did, I thought was a really cool way to to then cut to Dinjarin, right, where he says like there's there's danger out in the world, and I'm going to teach you to protect yourself, and and I guess like in a way he's almost you he can sense that Dinjarin is on on the planet, right, and maybe in a way he's sort of just saying like you're going to want to stay here, trust me, uh, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to make you better. Um, so we cut then we then cut back to Dinjarin who wakes to the sound of a twig snapping, only to draw his gun on Ahsoka Tano, just casually leaning against a tree. No big entrance, She's just chill in there. She informs him about the, the Jedi school being built and that Grogu will be Luke's first student. Mando asks, he, he says, I want to see the baby. Uh, and Ahsoka asks him to, uh, to walk with her and reminds him that his attachment to Grogu and having him see him will do more harm than good. She offers to deliver the armor to him instead, uh, and Dinjarin makes the difficult decision to turn back and fly off planet. Uh, and we see Grogu reaching for the ship as it flies away. That was a sad moment. Um, so, guys, Dinjarin was like, was like this close to seeing Grogu here. Do you guys agree with Ahsoka that this was the right thing to do?
1: Um, I feel like he needed he needed the reminder, right? I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily going to resolve his his. Mushiness of missing, his mushiness, his weakness, (laughs) his 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 Nate effect. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like he needed to hear it. But it's interesting. By the end of this episode, it's really going to come down to what Grogu decides. So, well, and I think
2: that's all. What this—that's what this is all sort of setting up—is—is Ahsoka really laying into the idea that it has to be Grogu's choice. You know what what his path is. Right, and we and we get that later, and and I do think that this was very much just avoiding them needing to sort of show this aspect of Grogu's journey uh, in the Mandalorian. I mean, uh, I guess that's me assuming that he 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 chooses the the red pill over the blue pill, if you will, which we'll <laughs> right. discuss later on. Um, but no, I do think that it was kind of like a oh, you want that so bad? You want to see the reunion? Not quite yet, folks. Not quite yet. Right. It was very interesting. interesting.
0: It was an yeah. interesting decision and I think it does subvert some of that expectation because we were all kind of like, "Oh, they're going to oh, we're going to see the reunion all oh, this soon, crazy." But we didn't get it yet and I, I think it will make when they do finally get that reunion pop a lot more. I like what you said there, Kevin. Uh, originally I was going to say like that I, I didn't fully understand where she was coming from because, you know, with with where at where she is and her yeah. knowledge of how, what she knows of the Jedi Order right. really doesn't make sense for her to agree with the idea of uh, you know, Jedi can't. Jedi can't have a uh, Jedi can't have an attachment. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, to your point, Kevin, I love that idea of no, 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 no. And she even says it to to Mando in this moment. She's like, I, I'm, I'm not. I can't make the decisions for other people. And she's very much saying, I'm. You're not going to make the decision for Grogu either. And and Grogu is going to make his own decision because I think she has a sense, and I think she trusts Luke enough to let Grogu make that decision, whereas someone like Mando is just going to scoop him up and and take him off to be a little baby again, right? So it's it's going to be interesting to sort of see where they go with that, but... Um...
1: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, your call out about Ahsoka and, uh, yeah. and how, how much of she doesn't really identify as a Jedi, right? Yeah. I feel like she might be on the course or track of reconnecting with that in her own way, and that might be what the series sort of explores with the introduction of potentially Ezra um, and and other characters uh, so I, I think that was a big surprise to see her so adamant that no attachment it has to be his decision and his choice.
0: And we talked about this last week but I think that really plays into a major Star Wars theme which is finding yourself right it's it's finding yourself and understanding who you really are who you you know who you need to be with and Uh, And really finding your your, you know, your way, if you will.
1: Yeah. And I I, I think that, you know, Kevin brought it up, red pill or the blue pill, Mm -hmm. what Star Wars and what it means to be a Jedi or it does come down to choice and, Mm. and and very much as you're describing how you define yourself. And, yep. and how you how you make yourself based on those choices. So right,
0: we see Bobo go through it. We see Fennec go through it. We see every right, character see Mando, in Star Wars has okay, to choose all
1: of something.
2: I'll even just think about the Jedi's that we know. Right, yes, you know, yeah. uh, Qui Gon asks Anakin if he wants to leave his mother and and begin his journey. Uh, even Ben, you know, even Obi Wan rather gives Luke that choice. And Luke says, I have nothing to go back to, you know, and that's why he goes with with uh, Obi-Wan to save the princess. Like, they've all been given this choice along the way. And so that clearly resonates very strongly with with uh, both Asuka and, and uh, Luke.
0: Little do we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi is actually a huge jerk and he actually put the hit out on on Uncle Ben and Aunt Peru and like stole Luke away to make sure that the not star- no I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> but yes, I, I, I completely agree with all that and I think it'll be interesting to see um where they go. Okay, so um then we get another training montage with Luke showing Grogu how to flip and how to jump and how to do all the things. Uh we see a training remote Um, shoot at Grogu, helping him by testing his reflexes. We see him jump from rock to rock, flipping very similarly to Master Yoda uh, as he does it. And eventually, he deactivates the remote with the Force, and then he takes a little nap on the rock, uh, and Ahsoka walks out and confirms for Luke the feeling that he already had, which is that the Mandalorian was there, uh, and brought Grogu a a little gift. Uh, Luke wonders if Grogu's heart is in it, and Ahsoka tells him that he's so much like his father, which I thought that moment was awesome. Um, she tells him to trust his instincts, and Luke asks if he'll see her again. She says perhaps, which is basically Dave Filoni saying absolutely. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then she uh, she leaves the master and his his little apprentice. So, for me, guys, this was I will say at least from the for the training montage sequence. I think this was the only moment in the episode that went in a, went on a little longer than I think it had to. I think...
1: But it was... Yeah, I mean,
0: it, it was cool to see, right? It was cool to see the callbacks to the, the training on Dagobah. The back, yeah, exactly. right? The inver- Yeah, how yeah, they invert it. But, but, you know, again, the show's Book of Boba Fett and and we're 25 yeah. minutes into the episode at this point, halfway through. I just think that they could have scaled this back a little bit and who knows, maybe given uh, Boba Fett, Tamora Morrison, a line of dialogue in, in return or something like that. Yeah.
2: But, but could Boba Fett have said anything in this episode that could have been significant enough that it would have been worth taking time away from this. Because we'll I <laughs> honestly think this might be the only Grogu-Luke training sequence we see. And so, okay. you're darn right you gotta milk the hell out of it while you've got the chance. Because honestly, I, like I, again, waiting for the blue pill, red pill sort of discussion towards the end here. But I think this might be the only time you see it. And so you gotta wait till next week for Boba okay he'll have lots of
0: cool lines right and I guess I guess to that same point Kevin you know we've heard a lot of complaints of people saying like well Ray didn't really have so much training and then she was so great and then we did get a large sort of training montage of seeing Ray trained by Luke um, and people were like again they were kind of like that was too long too I don't know like I, I just feel like I just I I don't know if they needed to go as long with it, but at the same time, to your point, it does. It is going to justify, you know, how Grogu can jump. So that's good, <laughs> and it was well, cool I mean, to see.
2: Yeah, it was cool to see for yeah. sure. And I mean, jumping was was a huge part of Yoda's arsenal. So that's true. Clearly, He's his people move. He's clearly got his legs. people can uh,
0: can jump. I don't know. I I think um, again, it was it was cool to to see, and you got to love callbacks, but. Maybe just a little short. I also wanted to mention uh, earlier when we said uh, the cgi was was better. I think this scene where he's interacting with ahsoka, that was the most noticeable of sort of the the dead eyes or the lip syncing issues that I, that I noticed um because rosario dawson, I think I think she's fantastic at playing this older stoic. Ahsoka. Yeah. And I, I just, I can't imagine it's easy to teach an AI to act as good to keep up with that. So I'm just, you know, I, I, and like when she says, you remind me of your father, like the writing for her character is so good because I think that is the moment where it really shows you, like, oh, she still, she still is, has the ability to separate Anakin from Vader. And I just 100%. thought that was really rewarding as a fan of the old and the new. And then, and I do think this is a great sort of moment. Of, of bringing the old star Wars and the new star Wars together and just saying, look, fandoms, you, it's okay. You can, you can have both and it's going to be fine. And like yeah.
2: watching this- with, watching with Sarah, um, you know, she has no idea really who Ahsoka is outside of that one episode of Mandalorian and anything, yeah. you know, she's maybe heard from Darcy or myself or whatever, but she, when she's, when Ahsoka says that line to Luke, you know, you're like your father. Um, Sarah went, ooh, that's an insult. And, and you know, it just goes to show, mm-hmm. like, you said it so well, is that she is able to separate the two. And, and, and you know, A- A- Anakin means so much to her and who she is that, yeah. So, it, you know it's really amazing that he's feloni's bringing in all of these aspects of stuff that a lot of star wars fans the more casual ones haven't seen yeah. and and he's making you go well, what what's the relevance of that what does that mean what does that stem from so i think a lot of people this could be successful in getting people to watch those shows that nothing else has ever really driven them to. But do But those so. shows
1: are successful, which is why these characters oh, are course. showing up in live action, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think I think the reality is is that there is a lot of people that have watched the, those series and they do appreciate. I bet you it's who,
2: less than fifty percent. It's it's probably fifteen percent of people who have watched Star Wars.
1: I I well, well I will think I, about how I, many people no in the world. There's have no seen stats
2: the star wars trilogy and you know i bet you yeah there's millions and millions of people who've watched all nine star wars movies and who have, have never seen an episode of the clone wars
1: i don't doubt that i think that number's small though but i feel like the reality is is that you're right Filoni Kevin's bringing doing in the research right now he's, he's on his computer furiously typing he's, he's checking
0: like <laughs> okay according to, to the, research, the birth rate in, <laughs> in the western america uh, children of this age wouldn't have watched the sh- <laughs>
1: No, but I I think that, you know, Nate, you said it, you said it right on the money. This is, this is the celebration of, of animated and live action coming together and creating a new future, giving Filoni the opportunity to, you know, be a kid in the sandbox, you know, with John Favreau and, and kind of bring these ideas to life through live action. Like we got so many hits of animated. I, I feel like this is, this is probably one of my favorite moments and it's so small right and yeah. you're absolutely right the cgi was the most apparent here even his voice performance felt a little rigid like yeah. it didn't it felt like they might have had to do some sort of uh like audio work maybe to remove some gravel it just didn't seem cuz he has such a good like he's a voice actor right yeah. so i don't know if they toned him differently
0: oh they absolutely <sighs> that's absolutely not just straight mark hamill's voice 100% y- like yeah. you you if you're like the dude's been the joker for so long that there's no way that doesn't start to affect your ability to talk like you did when you were, I don't know, how old
2: was he in, in Star Wars? Yeah, I right? think so. about how many vo- uh, voices that he does are kind of in that more gr- gravelly, you know, lower tones versus how he spoke as Luke. You know, I think it's th- the hardest voice for him to do is probably a His version own- of himself from 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay,
0: well, let's keep going here. So we get a brief moment where we see Mando return to Tatooine, and uh, he attends a meeting with Black Kersantan. You got the Mod Squad kids there. They park their bikes outside or whatever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> their mopeds. Fennec Shand is there, and Boba Fett uh, silently is there. Uh, Fennec informs them that they need foot soldiers, so Din Djarin travels to Mos Pelgo to ask Cobb Vanth for assistance. He passes by a group of Jawas that might have recognized his ship, uh, and we see them on a sand crawler carrying the skull of the crate dragon that attacked Mos Pelgo. Cobb Vanth admires Mando's ship, uh, and then over drinks, Mando asks for his help in securing an army. Cobb Vanth assures him that Freetown, it's called Freetown now, that's what we called it, uh, is, um, is handled. You know, they got it handled just fine. Cobb Vanth's like, I don't need, we don't need your help here. We're good. Um, we, we'll see what we can do to help you. Who knows? Um, and so just as Mando flies away, a breeze comes through the air, and the chimes start to uh, start a- blow, And then Cobb Vanth looks to his left, and in the distance we see a stranger approaching. He tells Joe to- to tell the town folk to head inside, and he walks out onto the road, and the stranger stops him and informs Vanth that whatever Fett is paying him, the pikes will match, and all he's gotta do is stay put and let things play out. We got this awesome old western standoff, as the deputy attempts to draw, Cobb Vanth draws first, but then Cad Bane shoots Vanth and then the deputy four times. Uh, and I, I did you notice that like the deputy didn't even get his gun out? Like, what a rookie, dude. Um, ben, uh, sorry, Bane exclaims that Tatooine belongs to the syndicate, and then he walks off. And as he does, uh, the people of Freetown run out to check on Vanth to make sure he's alive. And did you notice that none of them checked on the <laughs> deputy at all? So the, the, well, the new guy oh, he was, dead. Dead. He he was yeah, dead. He was dead. He was <laughs> dead. Yeah, he's gone. Don't waste um, your resources and your
2: efforts. <laughs> yeah. Poor
0: guy. So obviously, this was very much a felony decision. What did you guys think of actually seeing freaking Cad Bane in this show? And do you think uh, we'll see him again? Yes.
1: Huh. Yes. No, he's 100%. Gone. one and done. That's it. Yeah. One and done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, of course. And I whether yeah. we see him next episode, that'll be the big question. Mm-hmm. I think we will, obviously. Um, but yeah, to see Cad Bane, As soon as you saw that silhouette, I was like <gasps> yeah, I, was I was like, like yeah I stood up. <laughs> I yeah, I stood up. I was like, yeah, I was like <gasps> this was awesome. And yeah, I, I think introducing Cad Bane live action in a Western fashion is the perfect. best way to do it. It's perfect. It It's yeah. simple. It says everything to an audience that hasn't watched the animated series. It's it's just crazy
0: to see him. He's voiced by uh, Corey Burton, who actually did the voice in the animated series. Oh, so he does yeah. sound a little bit different, but that yeah. was definitely the same, same guy. Uh, and, you know, his red eyes look awesome. I think, Justin, you were talking to me offline and you're like, his skin was a little bit lighter blue than in the animated, but... I- you kind of have to chalk that up to two things, obviously animation, and then I know Kevin's laughing because like that's what you're complaining about. But <laughs> shut, shut up, Kevin. But, really but need from this episode, I know. <laughs> <Here's but laughs> a, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Here's my justification, though. I think that you know what you spend a long enough time in the sun and you grow old, He's, and I think Aduros' skin might maybe it gets lighter. As yeah. they grow older over time, yeah, right? Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's why he's a little bit lighter. I don't know. Okay, well that makes
1: it, he looked he looked incredible. He looked like fantastic. I was when he looked up, the red eyes like they really oh, popped. Even the mouth when when they focus on just the brim of his hat and his mouth, I was like like they're nailing the aesthetic of him so well already. Just like in these little simple moments, and then when he looked up, it was like yeah, that's that's the look of of Cad Bane that you want. So, so I'm excited cool. to see him, and he has strong ties to Boba Fett. So with yes. his introduction, this feels like a return to direction of getting back to the titular character of Boba Fett. This this moment really does serve as that. Right.
0: And I know this is like a really deep cut, but there was a deleted scene of Clone Wars where they did show an older Boba Fett with the helmet on, and that's how he got the dent in the dent, helmet. Yeah. And it's just funny that like we finally get Cad Bane in live action, in a Western standoff setting, and they're just so close. He's Yo, literally, flashback, literally, bro. He's literally in a show.
1: It exists in this series. We could see that. We could potentially see that. I just, don't know, do, I just that. don't
0: know if they're going to do this Western standoff and then another Western standoff again. I think I think this was meant be to different. be that sort of, that sort of, hey, listen, we did it. It's it's done for all those people that really wanted that. It just wasn't with Boba Fett, because we don't want Boba Fett in a show called Boba Fett. Um, anyways, Kevin, your thoughts on Cat Pack. I don't know. You guys are def...
2: Deflating me here with all your whinging about this episode of Star Wars. Like this we is, loved it.
0: Don't get me wrong. Oh, I the loved it, man. Scores. I loved
2: everything. She I love about, about, about all about the this. wonderful things. not going, well, they like, should have done this, and they should have done this. this is the geekiest, <laughs> the geek-centric podcast has ever gotten. That's it. Uh, That's I will just are. say though, I really hope that he didn't mean to kill the share. Like, I, I don't know. Like where he shot him it it's not necessarily a death shot right in the shoulder he's not dead. so so he can't be dead and no. then you know there's and and then i hope that there's at least some sort of justification that he kept him alive as a message to everybody else to sort of tell everybody who he is and that he means business about this spice running business and if that's the case yeah. that's fine cuz you can't take this sharpshooter and and ruin his mystique by having him miss a shot in the first yeah. time we see him sure. in live action.
0: And by the and by the way, it, it's just another sort of uh, aspect to him where where you know that's going to be the that's going to be the reason that the people of Freetown want to. It's going to work against Cad Bane at the end of the day. That's going to be why they want to join uh, Mando and they want to join Boba Fett in this army. Yeah, they they're totally in that will be dope. Maybe he gets his own armor. Maybe they make him some armor for him for some reason. Um, all right. Well, then we we then move to a scene where the Pikes strike back uh, again uh, against Moss Eisley by sending in two of their own into the sanctuary, where we see Garza Whip very curious about what they're doing there. Uh, hmm. They sit down, they order some drinks, and then they walk out. And the droid serving them shouts to them and says, "You've forgotten your Camtono!" And then boom, the place blows up so before we get to that final scene uh this was obviously to show boba like what he's dealing with garcef whip is dead right like garcef whip's dead dead at this point yeah i
1: i just i don't know like it's it like it's an explosion right like in comparison to what we saw with like here (laughs) it was it's pretty clear but that being said you know her death would then highlight that the only significance that her character has to this series is just being a sacrifice, which, I don't know, I thought that they might have been building to something more, or at least I, I, right. I thought that they could be doing something more with her character, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, she I, was I, a
2: I... liaison between, um, you know, the people of Mos Eisley and the the, the powerful, the rich and powerful. She was... she I, didn't, I never took her as an important character other than just a familiar face to sort of give us the context of where we were in Mos Eisley. Sure.
0: I think her character being a Twi'lek was just such a an interesting sort of idea and I think we talked about this a little bit but the idea that Twi'leks who very much were servants and even like still are very much in uh, servants in you know they're they're slaves we see it literally with Jabba in Jabba's palace to see her sort of almost work through the ranks to to become this 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 Twi'lek in power but at the same time she's not She's not at the head because she knows that that would maybe draw too much attention. She's just right underneath. I just thought it was such an interesting thing. And I, I thought Jennifer Beale did such a good job with portraying that character. I just, I, I'm conflicted about it. Because if, if she didn't die, awesome. I can't wait to see what they do with her character. And if she did die, it's almost like it feels very Game of Thrones to me, which I was saying I really wanted in this show of like, nobody's safe like they could just kill off a character that you think is going to go further they right. could kill off Cobb yeah. Dan I don't know I don't <laughs> know what, will you, what, what,
2: what future role did you see Garcia Whip having here That I'm just saying dude she
0: was I'm a nothing saying. character that would be like I don't saying. know I think, they're, I think they could have gone further with it again I think they could have done a lot of what they set up in the first you know four episodes with the ten minutes each time with the crime lord stories of stuff that they did they're not going to uh, as clearly as this shows, but I don't know. Um, I think this, this was also a strange sort of cut as well at the end of this sequence where it's just like the bomb goes off and then it just instantly cuts away. It didn't linger on it too long, but uh, we get our final scene where Luke is showing Din Djarin's gift to Grogu, uh, but before Grogu snatches it up, Luke offers him a choice uh, and he puts his Morpheus glasses on uh, and he asks him to choose between Yoda's lightsaber and Mando's gift. Choosing the armor, Grogu will return to the Mandalorian, but will, uh, but will be given into attachment to those that you love and forsaking the way of the Jedi. But if he chooses the lightsaber, he will be the first student in Luke's academy, and he'll be trained to become a great Jedi. The camera closes in on Grogu as we see him struggle with this decision, and Luke asks, which do you choose? So guys, that's actually our Spill the Boba Tea question of the week, uh, our prediction segment here I want you to predict for me.
2: What do you think Grogu will choose? Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've kind of been alluding to it throughout the episode, but I definitely—I don't know. I just—I think they've set up too much with the relationship between between Din and and Grogu, and teased too hard in this episode to not have that be the direction they go in for Season 3. And I think that's almost why we're getting, we are got that here. It's so that they don't have to answer any questions going into Season 3. I don't know. It does almost seem like a bit of a cop-out to be going back to that so soon, especially mm-hmm. when you set up Luke and everything like that. But I think now they've established that we're going to get Luke's story more in the Ahsoka Okay. Uh, universe rather than in the, the Mandalorian sort of Oh they did a little the, the pass off there I oh, think I that's almost yeah. that's how you bring Luke in and then yeah pass the football over in a lateral okay. I don't know I, I just I'm very torn hmm. and I Impressive. thought it was very mean and manipulative it's that, it's that kind of Jedi manipulation that Palpatine right. was warning Anakin about
0: yeah dude Luke what are you doing bro you know, I mean, this is young, this is young Luke, like this is Luke where we haven't seen him necessarily grow through uh, some of the changes that we do get with the older Luke, where we do sort of see him start to accept the fact that the Jedi didn't really, their, their way didn't really make as much sense. Um, I, you know, I think it might quickly, if I'm to lay down my, my spill my Boba tea, oh, I spilled, oh, I spilt it all over my keyboard. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the theory that I kind of already brought up on the show and say, yeah, I think Rogu does choose the armor, but in a way he still retains as Luke puts it what he already knows in the Force. And I think he helps Mando to become the new leader of Mandalore. I think when we're looking at big picture, I think I think this is going to be a lesson for Luke as well as a lesson for all of Mandalore to understand that there is a new way. And in a way, hearing the armorer talk in the last episode about Tarvisla being the forger of the dark saber, the legendary weapon of Mandalore, and how Tarvisla was also a Jedi, I think this just comes full circle. And I think that's really where we see Mando and Grogu go by the end of this as almost like leading Mandalore into the future. And I think we get another, we get another famous, you know, it's poetry moment that we've seen meme to death on the internet of, of George Lucas saying, oh, it's poetry. But I do think that's really what they're going for here is to just give us this full circle storyline.
1: I like that idea. And I think that that makes a lot of sense for the Mandalorian. Right? And the next part of his story. I, I feel like he's, yeah, he's going to choose the armor. I, I was wondering if, if he shows up at the end to help uh, somehow.
0: Grogu yeah. shows up at the end. Wow. <laughs> and he that's just our... picks up the pike ship using the force and he's become super strong now. And then he just crushes it with his little hand or well, something yeah. like that. Maybe he tries yeah. to eat one of them because they're a fish. <laughs> something like that. He eats all their eggs. He eats all their eggs. No, but, that, um, <laughs> but
1: if we don't see him, obviously, we probably will not see him in, in next I don't week's so. episode. Uh, yeah. But I think this does set up what will be season, season three of uh, The Mandalorian really well. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, I, I also have a, another write-in um, from uh, – it's a prediction, actually, uh, from friend of the show, Matt Rona, uh, who has a prediction about Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. Remember those two characters, you guys? Remember if Boba Fett and Fennec Shand? They're in the show. Um, so <laughs> Matt Rona writes in and says, Boba will pass on his Mandalorian armor to Fennec Shand and retire to the desert to live out his days, just like Mar- the Marvel Universe has had to pass the torch with characters like Cap. Uh, he ends it by, by writing, this is the way. Thank you for writing in, uh, Matt Rona. I think this is interesting because I think it's almost as if, you know, I, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe not immediately, maybe not right away, but I could see f- as in a long term by the end of, these characters' storylines, that's the way they go with it. Because I think the armor is a reminder of Boba's tortured past and his father. And Kevin, you brought up on the show just how happy Boba Fett seemed when he was with the Tuscans and when he does separate himself from his past of, of being in the armor. And I think, you know, he realizes that he was only truly happy with when he was living with the Tuscans and decides that that's the life he wants to live going forward. And then with Fennec, you know, she takes the throne as a way to remove herself even further as somebody who's always been in servitude, and she would become the new daimyo instead of always working under one. Like it's just, it's true freedom for both of those
2: characters. I mean, I don't know if this is going to happen, but there you go. This whole show's redeemed with that. Right? That's why they set this up for Boba. It was never meant to be. He's old, he's past his prime, he's he's nearing the end of his run. And so this was never about to be the further adventures of the once dynamic Boba Fett. The man was eaten alive by a Sarlacc. You know, he's not <laughs> yeah. who he was. Yeah. And so wow, wouldn't that just be brilliant If that's how they do it, they continue the Boba Fett legacy with a character like Fennec Shand who even given little Like not much to do so far In the live action world, she has Endeared fans and I know in the in the Animated world she's a, a, a more Fleshed out character with a bit more of a, You know, a story going on there And so boom, you, you pass on Boba Fett's reputation to her Boba Fett mm-hmm. goes and now we've justified Those first four episodes and explaining Why that part of his life was so impactful and i mean it's over it's done and you move on we never see boba again and this whole show has <laughs> just literally been about branching off that character into a new identity while also setting up for the future world of the live action shows in three different uh areas amazing right. i mean i mean
0: yeah. if they can do i don't think they'll be able to do that though in in this finale i think that would be a, a, a uh, way too much to, to do in one episode but along with you, everything else they've set up. Can
2: you do it in a whole... What do you do for a whole other season you, you in give the us, you give a
0: season You give us season three of The Mandalorian and then give us eight episodes with just Boba, <laughs> Boba Fett in it or something like that. I don't know. Uh, no, I get what you're saying. I think I think we could see this eventually. I don't know if it happens right away, but yes, what a great way uh, to, to sort of cap off that character's legacy and, and send him kind of on his yeah, way. Yeah, it's,
1: it's closing the book of Boba Fett on that version of the character that fans didn't get to see enough of. I think it could be done in in the next episode. I don't yeah. think it would be. Uh, mm. I think you're right. I think that it might be something that might even just spill over into the Mandalorian where yeah. Fennec and, and Boba are working. And through that process, maybe we get that, that realization of him moving to to live in the desert. I don't think we need a season two. They've proven that we don't need a season two of the Book of Boba but Fett. But what if but we, we get explore. a Book of
2: Boba Fett season two and it's and it's yeah, it's Fennec, Fennec. Shan's yeah, chapter yeah. and it's her sort of doing things that... You know, Boba Fett won it for her, and now it's hers to rule. Yeah, I kind of dig that. I also do think, though, because I think we've talked
0: about before the idea of the Mandalorian potentially being what we talked about at the top of the show, a catch-all. A catch-all for all these characters to then tell those stories— about all these different characters in in this current part of the canon. And so do you maybe make that a plot line of season three after we've had time to explore Ahsoka, after we've had time to go through the Kenobi series, and then we get to season three of Mandalorian, which is like, here's it all coming together, MCU style and game style sort of thing. Interesting.
1: It's like a crossover event. Yeah, Yeah, right. You're you're building towards that. I feel like this is already at a place where... We saw so much happen in this episode that just feels so like anything can just pop in at any point in time.
0: That's yeah. just how it is now. Yeah, I mean, we freaking got the bastard son of Greedo in the last episode, <laughs> which I just thought was such a great uh, a great theory from Kevin. All right, well, um, let's get to our final thoughts and score for this episode, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five Cad Bane blaster bolts.
2: Kevin, I'm going to get you to go first. Um I mean I know you guys uh were blown away by this episode too. I just I was just teasing you throughout because I think it's funny that you're watching these incredible scenes and going, "Wow, I could have done this differently or the lighting here is a little off or hmm, I'm not sure if that musical cue really hit the mark." Um I don't know. This is as good as it's going to get in the world of Star Wars in my opinion. This is top-notch Star Wars. Universe exploring and and fan service and I think it's unbelievable that Filoni gets this chance to again I I know that you guys probably don't agree with me so much on the point because you are such big fans of the animated shows but I just think this is his chance to give them context in the live-action world so they mean a damn thing in the live-action canon. And that, and there is a difference between what happens in the live-action Star Wars universe and what has happened in those animated shows. And I think, you know, one can exist without the other, whereas the animated stuff really can't just exist without the other lore that's already been built. And so now this is Filoni's chance to bring his stories that he told separately into the grander scheme of things, and I think it's such an awesome opportunity for them. Um, I think if this show's doing anything, it's showing why didn't Disney entrust somebody like Filoni to run the the the, the new movies yeah. to sort of really connect everything a little bit better. You know, imagine we had gotten some of these characters in seven, eight, and nine to really bring relevance to stuff that happened in the Clone Wars and stuff that we didn't see in the movies. I don't know. Uh, that's that's uh, irrelevant, and, and I like the, the, the last three movies enough that it doesn't bother me too much. Anyways, as for this episode, I just think they hit so many things out of the park, like little details all throughout the episode. I mean, I meant to say earlier, even just the, the scene at the Jedi Academy, if that did anything... It, it showed you Jedi using lightsabers whereas we had Luke sitting there holding the lightsaber but he didn't really use it and so they were like and I know you like to see some Jedi flinging some swords so here's that for 30 <laughs> seconds Sure. and yeah. now let's get back to the story that doesn't really involve Jedi and, or at least the lightsaber aspect of it so just the way they're being able to mend the old with the new and move forward like this show in these last two episodes it's like wow the future of Star Wars might be pretty exciting if they're yeah. able to tell Tell new stories with familiar characters and environments. So for that alone, this is an easy five out of five. Cad Bane Blaster Bolts, uh, Ooh, best 05. live action episode of Star Wars television ever, hands down. Wow.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, let's <laughs> awesome. go, Justin.
1: Um, yeah. Again, like last week, I'm I'm confused, conflicted, if you will, with this episode. You know, sidelining the main character again in order to continue the story of the Mandalorian. In the Pretty final much, right. bits bits of this, this series. Seems ill-mannered, right? Making this, you know, a bad Book of Boba Fett episode, but a fantastic mm-hmm. episode for the future of Star Wars. The introduction of live-action Cad Bane oh, was yeah. next level. The Western style, the showdown, everything. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and he's a villain, like I said, that's that does have ties to Boba Fett. So at the end of this, we are seeing it being brought back. To Boba Fett. As for the other aspects of the show, as much as I love seeing Grogu receiving Jedi training and seeing Luke, all with all his CGI and being brought back to life, building what would become the failed Jedi Academy, I just can't help but think that this this doesn't have a place in this episode. Uh, much like last week's episode, we're spending far too much time with other characters. Uh, uh, or stories outside of Boba Fett in a series that's titled The Book of Boba Fett. I will say, though, I, I love the place that we're at with Star Wars, like Kevin was saying. It's clear Filoni and, and and Favreau are like kids in a sandbox just picking up their toys and saying, oh, let's put these two characters together. Let's do this. Let's tell these stories. And it just it feels fun and it feels refreshing, which is why I totally agree with you. The last two episodes are the best example of Star Wars live action TV that like we could imagine, and, and the future of Star Wars is very bright. Um, but you know, again, this is a penultimate episode to the book of Boba Fett, so I am confused that the storytelling in these last episodes are v- are less concerned about Boba Fett and more concerned about the Mandalorian and showcasing the nostalgic Star Wars elements that we we know and love. It makes me wonder if somewhere along the lines, like we were discussing, they writing team the creative team behind this they've they've just got bored with boba fett they just decided instead of the book of boba fett it'll be the book of everybody but fucking boba (laughs) fett which you know as a side note like we were saying the adventure side story anthology that they've done in these two episodes could work it could really work you're just floating through space and seeing these stories it's it's kind of fun that being said, apart from all the Star Wars goodies that this episode gave us, uh, I did dock the score because this wasn't a Book of Boba Fett episode. However, right. it does get a bump up from last week because of the introduction of Cad Bane because it does bring it back 4.5 out of 5. Cad Bane blaster bolts.
0: Yeah, man. I I completely agree with, with, with all of that. I think, yeah, this episode, as you said, it's an excellent representation of Dave Filoni showing us how well he can marry old Star Wars and new Star Wars and I was I was blown away with just how exciting it was not only just to see these characters in live action but to see them interacting I think yeah. was, was unreal yeah. and I think there's a few minor issues again I, that I had with a bit of the pacing in some of the scenes and and some of the decisions that they made to explore with the you know these characters what they explored but this was a perfect episode of The Mandalorian um, for the second week in a row but a poor episode of The Book of Boba Fett because we got less than thirty seconds with the titular character on screen, and he didn't even say a word, which is something that I thought we got past at this point. But sadly, it reminded me of the days of old when Boba Fett would just stand there and look interesting. Um, and and again, I just I, I need I need a little bit more of him, or change the title of the show. I don't know. It just it was all very confusing, and, and to the same degree that you're talking about, Justin. It just feels like yeah, the writing team was just kind of like ah. I don't know. I guess we'll 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 show the stuff that people actually want. Let's get Grogu in there. Let's get Luke Skywalker in there. And again, I'm not I'm not disappointed by that. Again, that's where the confliction comes into play because I'm stoked about that. Um, I, you know this this episode was just it was a pure hype episode for Star Wars fans, old and new, and that enough was it. You know that was enough to quell my sadness that we didn't give Boba Fett as much spotlight. Um, I'm hoping they really do that next week. In the finale, we do get a proper sort of Boba Fett-centric episode that does really star him. Um, I'm going to give this episode four and a half
2: Cad Bane Blaster Bolts out of five as well. I'm just going to go on the record and say this episode or this show could be called Jar Jar Banks Happy Time <laughs> Sing-Along Hour. And I wouldn't care like, because that episode was so good. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, you heard it here first, Dave Filoni. Kevin really wants Jar Jar Binks, Sing Along Hour, all three of them, and then a prequel of it. Is that what you're saying?
2: No, that's not what I'm saying, and you know it. (laughs) No, I I get it. it. I get it. I get it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, before Kevin gets any saltier than a Sarlacc, let's let's end this episode. That's it for this week's episode of Watch Club. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, just like Matt, just like Monroe, well, I'm going to shoot first over to our resident junkyard Jawa, Justin, to tell you how you can reach us.
1: Utini, Justin. Yo, 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 Utini, bro. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric.
0: Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our, our recent spoiler-free and filled review for Ozark Season 4 Part 1. Go back and check that episode out. We also have our uh, really fun episode that we did where we did Fake or Real, Star Wars Names Edition, where I have Kevin and Justin test their their knowledge of Star Wars names of different planets, different species, and different characters. Uh, and then we also have our This Week in Geek episodes every single week. Uh, we're covering the latest news and trailers from around the Geekiverse uh, with our latest episode where we actually discuss the revealed plot synopsis for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and we talk about our favorite corporate cross promotions with movies, which I thought was really, really fun. So um, definitely go check those episodes out. Uh, give them a big hug and a big kiss for us. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Watch Club and as we say
2: don't, don't fret, fret boba fett. fett where the hell are you at boba fett <laughs>